Aloha, welcome to the Big Dream School Podcast, where we explore the art, science, and soul of rocking your dreams. I'm your very grateful host, DJ Valerie B. Love. Inhale. Doesn't that just feel awesome? All right, let's rock this. Aloha, dream jockeys. What do creativity, intuition, and pleasure all have in common? My next guest is a multimedia immersive experience artist. She is a medical psychic with 20 years in the trenches of medical practice and using her healing abilities. She is somebody who has reinvented her life many times over and left her career in holistic medicine to return to her artistic roots and pursue her creative passions professionally. She is somebody who is amazing. I'm so pleased that you guys get to hear from my next guest, Michaela Stetler, and you're going to love this. So listen up, but this is good, good stuff. All right. Aloha. So how about we take a big inhale together? All right. Aloha, love tribe. Welcome to the Big Dream School podcast. Today we have a very special, super wonderful, beautiful creatrix. Her name is Michaela Stetler, and she is somebody who I was instantly drawn to. I was really grateful that Spirit sat us next to each other at a dinner recently and we realized we had a lot in common in the world of spirit in the world of art in the world of play and the world of divine feminine juiciness and so i'm so excited to introduce michaela stetler to you all so hi michaela welcome to the big dream school hi valerie wonderful to be here with you <laughs> thank you so let's let's let the listeners know a little bit about you and how did you get to sit next to me at dinner that night like what what brought you to that place in time in the world? Like what in your life path got you there? Uh, well, just for the listener's sake, the dinner was about uh, a nonprofit called uh, Dream Tank, which is um, fueling kids' creativity and entrepreneurship to help solve world problems. Right. And I got there in how so much happens in my life, where you start off following some kind of inner guidance thing, and it leads to places you never would have imagined. So um, somebody who was coming to that dinner, I ran into when I went to meet somebody who was already meeting with this person. And we and it was a person I knew. Um, and we reconnected and he says, oh, you have to meet Heidi and the whole dream tank tribe and come to dinner. And so that's how I ended up at that dinner, completely unplanned and unintentional. And I love hearing that because the, the theme that I think we're going to get to 
share with the audience today is a lot about your inner guidance and your inner wisdom and listening to that and letting it be your lead in life. And so it seems like you said yes to that. You said, okay, I'll go check this out. And what drew you to Dream Tank and what inside of you is like, yes, I want to go. That sounds right for me. Um, you know, it was kind of, uh, I think it was Greg, that was the contact in common. It was his feeling like, oh, you just have to be there. You have to meet these people. And when I looked at what it was, I was like, okay, let me see what it's about. And if I can help and support in any way, because one of the things that I love doing is connecting people with resources of whatever type, it might be other people, it might be introductions. I love being a, a matchmaker, a point of connection. And I, it's great. It's really fun to do that. So that was kind of part of why I was there. And one of the things that we did that night was um, kind of talking about how people wanted to contribute to this venture. And out of my mouth popped unleashing creativity. Yeah. And, and so like, I think today when we talked about doing this podcast, the two things that I really wanted to talk about is... Um, accessing your creative power and your creative energy and really letting it run your life along with your intuition and following intuitive impulses and blending your intuition and your creativity together. And how has that, how has not doing that affected your life previously? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think this has always been running through my life. It's it's kind of life themes. And it's the kind of thing as I grow and do more of my own personal evolution, then I make more and more conscious commitment to do this. So one of the things like just in the past couple of months, I've renewed my commitment to follow intuitive impulses, the little nudges, like the little small things. It's not even like the big things of like, you know, major life stuff, but just the small day to day things. And especially in the last, um, last month in November, I really upped the ante on that. And it was incredible. I, I, like, I could see so quickly, oh, you had that thought and you didn't take action on it. And now you're dealing with more friction, more problems, more issues, more stuff. And then when I do follow it, it's just uncanny. Like sometimes you, I don't see right away because, you know, you don't know what you avoided, a problem you avoided <laughs> necessarily. But right. like there was one thing where... Um, a friend of mine is uh, launching her uh, a, a product and they're having uh, an event at uh, a place near me. And I was on the phone with her about something else. And I said, you know, so I'll see you Monday night and, and then let's hang out afterwards. And, and I just had this thought to mention that to her, to mention that the event was coming up. Well, it turns out that they had put the date out wrong and it was actually Tuesday night. And if I hadn't followed that little nudge, no one would be there at the event. And (laughs) (laughs) because they had the dates wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it would have been like a big problem for her. But it was such a small little nudge. It's just like a little thing of like, oh, mention something, like maybe you guys can get together after. Um, so that's the kind of thing that's just been really um, interesting to do. And to do it immediately, to not wait. Like if I get a little nudge, to act on it right away. So that's been really uh interesting to see how that plays out and not to be attached to any result or outcome from it, but just to act on it and kind of let it fall where it may. And so I'm hearing you say that this last month, November, you really like upped the ante on doing that a little quicker and just be like, I'm going to listen to that voice. Cause I know for me, sometimes I hear that voice and I'm like, Oh no, no, I got this. It's okay. It's no big deal. And I don't know if it's my lazy voice or if it's my ego voice, but there's definitely a voice that, you know, stops my intuition from leading the way. And I do end up getting like what you said, having friction or having a, oh shit, this happened, you know, and there's nobody at the party, you know, there's things that happen. And so how do you train your, you know, the, the, the decision maker inside of you to decide to listen to that intuitive voice? Like, and knowing that that's the intuition, you know, and just saying, yep, I'm just going to go with that. Like, how do you get that clarity? Well, this is kind of a very interesting point because there is to me a definite um, felt sense of inner knowing around certain kinds of guidance where it has a really distinctive feeling sense in your body and in your awareness. And those kind of um, impulses or intuitive guidance is pretty easy to discern because it has such a strong and distinct feeling tone to it or feeling sense. It's like we all have that where you really get that body knowing it's not in your head. It's mm -hmm. actually in your body, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. So um, what, what I've been developing now is the it's such a good point because I've been like, okay, well, what when these little nudges come, the where they don't have a strong sensation to them, but they're just like the little nudges for that day. And I don't, I, I so I, I've actually been trying to train myself to notice them more and to feel is there is there some distinct sensation to them. Um, is do they have a different tone? Do they have a different frequency? So I'm I'm just at that point of trying to refine and heighten my awareness. But for anybody out there, what I would say is it all first starts with the decision to do this, the commitment to do it, and the commitment to do this has to rest on trust. You have to be able to trust your own inner being or higher self, however you like to think of it. I don't, mm -hmm. I think of it as inner being mm -hmm. um, because where's this information coming from, right? It's not coming right. from our outer ego mind. So <clears throat> if you don't have some basic trust in the larger being that you are, you can't even follow through on that commitment, first of all, because you'll be immediately throwing doubt onto it. So that would be one of the things that I would say is really catch yourself when you, it's like throwing water on a little flame. It's going to go out, 
right? When you, when you doubt, immediately insert doubt or try to mentally analyze or figure out, well, why or how would this work or why should I do that or that's, you know, out of the way or I was going to go here first instead of there or, oh, they're probably busy. I'm not going to call them. Like whatever comes into your mind. So, so I would say the first thing is that you, you have to make the decision to do it. The second thing is, is that you, you really, in making that commitment, you also make the commitment to suspend doubt and not to let doubt quench those little impulses and nudges and, and that you have to trust yourself. And um, we talked about this, but we might jump ahead a little bit. We can wrap it up again at the end was there's a way that you can train yourself to do this that's really easy and really painless. And that is to just make a commitment for a week to note down all of those little impulses in the moment where it's like a stray thought that's not, maybe that's part of it. It's like your, your thoughts are going along on a certain current or a certain direction and something comes in that is not part of that current. Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, that's anomalous or that's not related to what I was thinking about or doing. Those are the ones you have to like pay attention to and note down. And even if you don't act on all of them in that week, that the action of noting them down will start to train that communication loop between your conscious mind and your inner being. Yeah. I like the idea of a lot of the practices that we're doing in the big dream school are awareness practices. And so that to me is one of the hugest things we can give ourselves is the gift of awareness. And so a lot of times we obviously cruise through life and it's like, we're doing our thing and not being as mindful and present to what is true for the us in this moment, because we're in the future or we're in the past, you know? And so being in the moment and being able to turn on your, your radar a little bit more and fine tune it is super powerful practice. And I like the idea of writing it down and noting it or, you know, keep just jotting that down of when you're starting to hear those, those messages a little bit more clear. So for, you know, one thing I want to, what do you think about, you know, that I heard you mention trust. And I think that's super important because a lot of us, you know, we do have doubt because of conditioning. We have doubt because of um, past experiences when, something didn't go our way or something, you know, dangerous happened or something bad happened. So how can we know that, like, for me, I like the idea of taking an inventory of like, remember the times when you listened to that inner voice and it worked out well, like, like jot all those down and look back and go, isn't it great that you said yes to coming to that dinner that night? Or isn't it great that you said, no to not taking that train that ended up crashing. Like I know my husband, my ex-husband, he, I think he was coming home from Chicago or some, I don't know where we were, but he had an ear infection and he couldn't take the plane that was coming back. And then there, he couldn't get the train. There's all these things that he couldn't get on and all these things. He's like, I'm going to go do this instead. And there was a giant train crash that he was supposed to be on this train that somehow he decided. And I thought he was going to be on this train and he chose not to do that. And and something in him guided him to a different decision. And he said yes to that and it saved his life somehow. But it wasn't this conscious thing. 
you know, and so it's like, are the, are these the angels and guides talking to us? Is this our inner wisdom? Is it both, you know, um, trusting those voices is a big, big practice, right? Well, I've, in all the years that I've done healing and transformational work and, and mentoring and, and all of that, I've, I've never once heard anyone say that they um, regretted following an intuition, only that they regretted when they didn't. Mm, yeah, right. So the the thing is, is not um, what I guess. This is another thing that I'm really on about now is that a much higher level of integrating my outer mind and outer identity with the larger portions of my being and the larger resources of my being. So it's not like one or the other. We want to blend them together. You want to blend the intellect and the intuitions. You want to blend your creativity and your intuition. You want to blend it together. It's like, it's, it's as though, you know, you would decide that, you know, one hand is not as good as the other. And so you're just only going to use the one that you think is better. Right. That, that would be ridiculous. Right. You'd hardly, or, you'd hardly be able to function. Or, or just walking with your left leg because you think, okay, I'm going to use my left leg today. It's like, no, right. dude, you need it's, both. It's like, yeah, it's like blending them. And it's the same thing. It's like blending your inner senses and your outer senses. Right. And um, the, the first thing is just to make the choice to do that. And the second thing is that you have to just accept the truth that... Um, your inner mind, let's say, or your inner being has access to information and resources way more than your outer focused ego identity does. You just have to accept that truth. And if you don't accept that truth, then I can't, there's nothing I can do to help you. (laughs) I got got nothing for you. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to start from that premise and then, okay, like why would your inner being try to be screwing up your life? That just doesn't even make any sense. Right. So. Yeah. It's like, and, and so let's, let's talk about creativity and fusing creativity with our intuition. Like, so you are, a beautiful multimedia artist. You're an immersive experience artist. You and I connected because of our, our love and passion for domes and our love and passion for this immersive experience of oneself through art and through music and through performance. And so how did that come about in your life? You were you know, a holistic healer, you had a, pra- you know, these practices well, where you're helping yeah. people. Art has <laughs> always been there. Like I love the fusion of art and healing. And- uh, it, it's been an interesting journey. I, I started out in the arts. I was a dance and choreography major at NYU and I was on the path to, you know, be having my own company and all of that. And I got veered off of it early. I had a, an injury and, and there was actually a lot of, um, that I wasn't conscious of, but deep self-doubt and mm-hmm. um, negative beliefs, both about, was I good enough to function at a world-class level? And could I make any money doing it? Mm. And um, and then I segued into a whole nother different direction <laughs> for, for a couple of years and then found my way into medicine where I was just a natural. I was like a prodigy at it. 
And so I did that for a lot of years and I had a lot of passion for it. And, but I always did something creative on the side. I was, you know, I'm just an extremely creative person. And, um, once I hit my mid forties, this inner voice started getting louder and louder and louder asking me, you know, like, Hey, yo, remember you're actually an artist. When are you going to stop pretending that you're not an <laughs> artist and pursue your creative life really seriously and professionally? And, um, uh, one day I just, I woke up and had this thought, I woke up in the morning with this thought, what if I died today? Mm -hmm. or tomorrow or whenever. And I had never done this. And this wave of sorrow and regret washed through me. And within 48 hours, I decided to sell my last medical practice and go on a creative sabbatical. Wow. Oh, dude. So you totally <laughs> listened to that voice. Yeah. I have really high tolerance for risk. <laughs> well, and it sounds like you've got a strong sensibility for listening to truth and to listening to your, it was very loud. Yeah. It was, it had been growing and growing and it was just really, really loud. So, um, I mean, in a lot of ways, my, my, the way I did medical practice was very creative. I always blend a, a lot of different uh, modalities together. I like having a really big toolbox and it's the same thing with my creative work. I like to blend a lot of different things together. I'm not just one thing or the other. And even in my visual art, it's very mixed media. I think like the themes, you know, we all have like certain dominant themes in our lives, right? Like think of your life almost as a symphonic uh, orchestral piece, right? Yeah. So there'll be motifs, exactly. themes that will run through your life. So healing and transformation um, has always been really strong. And anything to do with um, awakening and consciousness and awareness has always been very strong. And in my creative work and in my, my goals or my aims, you could say with any of my creative work, whether it's writing a performance piece or a full-on immersive um, interactive piece for a dome or any of my visual arts, I'm always looking to uh, imbue the piece in whatever media it's in with seeds of awakening and awareness and consciousness. That's, that's just who I am. I mean, it's, it's using creative media as a way to spark your own inner knowing. Oh, I love it. And so I'd love to hear some feedback that you have received from somebody who has experienced your art and just been like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that <laughs> transformation. Like I went in thinking one thing and then I came out having another like new shift in a paradigm or something like that. Do you have? Well, there, yeah, I have a couple of examples. Okay. One of the, um, the art that I do is, is, uh, I create these interdimensional shamanic objects that are like living beings. And, uh, there was a transition about, I don't know, maybe three years ago where they refused to be hung on a wall and they needed to be freestanding 3D sculptural pieces. And I made a piece for a client that's called the Sanctuary of Inner Silence that was made to pull her into peace 
and inner quiet, inner silence. And, uh, and so she's told me like, even now I, I, I connected with her recently and she was like, yeah, every time I just need to get into that space, I just, once I activate the piece, I teach you how to work with it. So she uses the process that I gave her to work with it. And then she has this immediate connection with that quality of peace and spaciousness and quiet in her own mind. And so that's like one example. She has that right away. The most recent piece that I completed is called The Shadow Eater. And all of these can be seen on my website. And this was made for a client who's um, really coming out with her work as a coach and a teacher around healing the shadow of race and the abuse, especially sexual abuse of women of color. And um, so it's all her work is around race and sex and money. And we made this piece to help fuel her mission in the world and also to be used as a tool with her students and her clients. And I always have very high expectations for anything <laughs> that I do. Like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It's going to have really great impact. But it literally has blown my mind what has happened in her life since we delivered the piece and activated it. So in the space of less than two months, there's been like about a year's worth of acceleration in um, her mission and her manifestation. All these teaching opportunities and speaking opportunities have come in, new clients, new... I mean, it's just been kind of mind-blowing what what has gone on. And her dream life has just become so powerful and vivid and creative uh, because she has her piece actually is she keeps it in her bedroom um, mm -hmm. most of the time. So it's right there with her. And it's like having your own um, magical power ally right there with you that is holding the energy of who you are and what your big mission or vision is. And it's constantly resonating that and reverberating it and broadcasting it to you. So it it's because it's physical and visible, like you can touch it and hold it. It's right there. It, it brings all of that energy across the threshold into physical reality. I just had a vision, like we need to do a workshop and help people create these for themselves with your guidance. Like do you do that with people? I'll do the music part. We can make these cool. I, I, just, do, I, I have done a workshop like that called Desire and Creation, um, mm -hmm. uh, focused with women. But we could do it certainly with men. Because I'm always looking to um, empower women to use their feminine operating system and really be in the creative mode of their feminine energy. So I have shown people how to do this. Um, you know, of course, it's, it's, it's almost a little bit like, uh, like I, the analogy is because my main uh, focus in medical practice was Chinese medicine and acupuncture, although I did a lot of naturopathy and herbs and nutrition too. But the analogy would be like, yeah, I could give myself an acupuncture treatment but it's not going to be like having a really good practitioner do it for me just because you can't, it's hard to treat yourself. Like right. otherwise you wouldn't be having imbalance if you were completely, you know, objective about yourself and clear. So 
you definitely can bring things through. Um, but if somebody really wants a massive amplification of manifestation and alignment or clearing of blocks, then I can make a piece for you. But I love turning people onto this process because the more people are validating and using their creativity and their intuition and, and really connecting with their, um, their soul purposes and true desires, the better the world is. And I love like sprinkling, activating fairy dust on that and, and watering and fertilizing it like you do. This is what big dream, uh, podcast is all about, right? Go for it. Yeah. You wouldn't have it if you weren't meant to do it. Yeah, it definitely, it, it, it grew inside of me until it was like, I'm coming out on 11, 11. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I just, I love thinking about having, like, I, I have certain pieces in my life that are powerful to me, whether they're a crystal, whether I have this, I have this really beautiful crystal wand. Ooh, it's 333 here in Boulder. <laughs> Yay. And uh, her, this woman, her name was Stanny, Stanny Crystals. And I bought this gorgeous wand that she made um, in Maui. And, and it is a tool for me. It really is a magical tool that gets me centered and helps me align myself in my higher power, in my divinity. And I think it's just so cool because creativity and art can do that. And the fact that you, I like hearing you say, you know, that you, you activate the piece and you teach your clients how to use the piece to create a, a, when you started saying calm and peaceful for the first piece with your client, I, I felt your body and I felt your voice getting into that state of what you created for your client. And that's, powerful and magical. And I think, you know, I love using art as a healing tool, you know, and I know there's all these different ways that we can integrate it into our lives. And um, so what, what do you, what do you think about people who uh, obviously there's millions of people, billions of people who will be listening to this episode, (laughs) Uh, um, you know, who may not be able to get a commission from you. So how can they learn about using art and activating their magic? Well, and the truth is no one is ever disturbed by accessing more of their creative energy, right? You can't have too much of that. Like, yeah. oh, you're too creative. Like how right? <laughs> you can't have too much. So um, the thing about creative process and why it has such um, power to heal and to transform is that it bypasses the cognitive, linear, deductive, analytical mind, right? And you can just start working with energy and frequency directly, directly with feeling tones. So, you know, you're working with color, you're working with texture. It's, it's how does it feel? That's really the thing to focus on. So the simple way, like how I do the process, which, you know, I can share with, with anybody, Right. I, I and just share what my process is and you can replicate it yourself. So if I were, let's say, for example, to make a piece for you. So we kind of focus on, we would come up with a focus and intention as a, as a way to 
have an entry point, right? So of something that you want to really bring into your life or amplify or clear or connect with or whatever it might be. So you have that as your starting point. And then um, the next thing is to go into an inner attunement process to really open up your inner awareness to feel and register the sensation of whatever that is, right? So you want to like, think more in terms of feeling tones, um, feeling sense, like really get into that mode because you don't, we're not doing a math problem here. So you need to get out of that mode and get into a kind of more intuitive, um, meditative attunement process. And then whatever you connect with when you do your meditative process, you know, I, I kind of make little notes on it. Uh, I jot it down because that's how I do the sitting sessions. We, I guide you through uh, a deep inner attunement process so we can register as deeply and as broadly all the frequencies that are involved, whatever that focuses. And then my next step is I start to create a kind of like a palette. So instead of just a palette of colors, like how, you know, an artist palette would be, I do a palette of colors and images and textures and objects, anything that has a feeling tone that reminds me of what I connected with in that meditative attunement process. So I do, that's my next step. And then I have that on like in my workspace. So it kind of helps to hold the frequency for me. Right. Yep. And then I'll, once I kind of get that sort of palette built, then the first element will start to emerge. I'll get an idea. I'll get a creative idea for some thing to work with. And so I'll often, I'm a hunter and gatherer in my creative process. My work is very much like this kind of assemblage, like finding things and transforming them and then putting them together in new ways. That's kind of how my creative process works. So I'll go out shopping or I may have stuff already in my studio. And then I just start playing around until the first element kind of comes through. So um, it's almost like how if you had like salt in solution and if you saturated it enough, if you had enough salt in that water, it would start to crystallize out. Mm. So that first element is like the seed crystal of the piece. And if we were doing a shorter process, like in a workshop, I usually do something like with collage because we can do that quickly and have a completed piece in the space of the workshop. So again, it's the same thing. You don't want to overanalyze it. You just want to go by the feeling sense and what, what you're attracted to. And then you just start putting it together until it matches the inner feeling. I love it. This is so fun. And so I I love hearing that this is how you work as to me as a DJ too. That's kind of how I operate with music and with this sound vibration. It's like, what's the vibe that I want to pull forward in a set or with an audience or, and, and it's not about, there's nothing linear about it. It's really like, what's the, what's the flavor of what we're going for? Are we, you know, trying to raise something up? Are we going sexy? Are we going deep? Are we needing to get some anger out? Are we, you know, what is the energy of the experience? And so I love that you meditate and tune in to 
pull your art out, let it guide you. Yeah. It's like kind of getting the outside to match the inside. Yeah. Oh, that's so, and, and you bring it into reality. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is like the, the inside is in there and they're like, how do I translate this into something real and tangible that I can see in front of me? And so what a cool process that you do that. Well, you know, people like human beings have done something like this for eons in every culture. You'll have some way that people will create objects to hold intention or to hold focus. And that's kind of really, right, what everything is. So we're creating constantly whether we're doing it on purpose or not. My (laughs) desire is to do it on purpose. Yeah. And I like doing it with intention. And, you know, I know people who are like, well, I'm not an artist or I'm not a creator. I'm like, dude, you, you made a business or you made a peanut butter and jelly or, you know, some things people think aren't creation, but the reality is we're all like, we are all creating. And are we doing it with the intention of raising consciousness? Are we doing it with the mindlessness is it just happening but it is like you said it's totally happening all well the time. and the the inner critic is the enemy of creativity yeah <laughs> it really yeah. is yeah like you know and when you're doing the creative process you cannot it's it's like i have i have an amazing writing teacher who i work with for a lot of years and you know he would be do not edit as you write write Writing is one thing. Editing is a total different thing. Right. They do not go together. (laughs) Right. It's right. So you can't, um, you can't create and edit and polish at the same, like, no, it'll just screw up your creative process and you'll interfere and you won't like new original stuff cannot come through when the inner critic and the editor is active. Oh, I love that. Do you know Anne Lamott? Like mm-hmm. She talks about her shitty first draft, like just get it out of you. And just exactly what you said, like do the editing later. Don't try to, you know, make it all perfect. Just let it come out and, and let her, let her rip baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was it's interesting. I'm thinking about, um, how, why I was so attracted to this particular writing teacher, because it was all about process. It Mm. was doing exercises that got you into creative process and made you stretch and do things that you wouldn't do otherwise, because you were just doing it as an exercise, right? So you didn't have this uh, um, perfectionist outcome thing about it. And that is when the most powerful, interesting, unusual, impactful writing would come through. Wow. I I like thinking about that because I, I, as somebody who's learning to, you know, hone my skills as a writer, it's like, I think like I just have to tackle the whole thing instead of like doing little exercises to just, just like you said, get like limbered up and get, you know, into the flow and that's so cool. So can you think of something that showed up for you in one of these exercises that you're like, whoa, I can't believe that came out. <laughs> like, where'd that come from? Um, I'm trying to think of a specific, a specific example. Uh, 
for some reason, nothing is coming to mind right now, but, um, oh yeah. All right. I'll think of one that happened like very early, the very first class that I took with him first or second, like class series. So one of the exercises is called straight talk where you write like in a kind of more slangy sort of way, like, you know, idiomatic expressions, like how people actually talk. And, and he was having us like exaggerate it, right? Like up the ante on it. Like if you would start out at maybe a level five, like push it as close to a 10 as you can get. And out of that came this entire character that almost <laughs> felt like a past life or another life. And I mean, it just emerged in a way I would never have imagined. Or, oh, now I'm thinking of another one. This also came out of that exercise where an entire web series called Don't Hate Me Because I'm Beautiful came, came out of doing this exercise. Wow. And this entire character emerged and this whole storyline and what she was dealing with. Um, the, the first episode was called Late Night Booty Call. And um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of my uh, writing for performance art is, is a combination of funny and sexy. Perfect. That's my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the whole message here, this is like ties back into that same thing about suspending judgment. Don't doubt, don't criticize, open up the creative process, follow the intuitive nudges, just push it, just play around and experiment. Like you don't see little kids, right? Criticizing their creative play. Like totally. you don't see a four-year-old like, oh, you know, I didn't play, you know, dolls very well today. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, I, my God. I, I played around with my toy train, but I really should have done better. <laughs> yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> oh my God. So it's, it's wow. kind of in a way, the more we cultivate this blend of our mm. creativity and our intuition, we get access to that um high growth expression like that we had as children yes i just love what you said about you know, just tuning into the kids because it feels like you know what happens to us we do cross a threshold where it's like we do have that critic that wakes up and comes online at some point in our life and it's it's like and then we spend thousands of dollars going to therapy to hush the critic up later in life, you know, or we have midlife crises or we have these like big shifts. And so how do we as a, a human civilization stay connected so that that critic allows the the big dreams to come out? You know, I think of Dream Tank, you know, the the, the wonderful nonprofit, like they're definitely tapping into the the, the creativity and the genius of kids to pull solutions for the future forward. And so, you know, without the, the, you know, the, you can't, or that's not a good idea, you know, let the kids genius come through. And so, but, but I mean, would you agree that there is a point where we shift and we come into that, you know, the critic has a louder voice for some of us, for many of us. And so, how you can know, it's, it's, it's such a combination of like what your family atmosphere is like. Um, and then like the culture 
around you and the school system and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the different cultural institutions, like, like different religions are much more, um, uh, promoting these insidious ideas that you can't trust yourself, that Mm. basically there's something bad or wrong or evil inside and you better watch out. And, you know, when we're very small, we develop all these defense survival mechanisms to, Mm. to survive in our family, because if we're, if we're cast out, you know, we can't make it. Right. like, it's a primal I, instinct of survival, right? You have yeah, to belong to the tribe. Don't and get it's excited. and it's very young and it's very early. So a lot of times it's not even conscious. It's just like a feeling of fear or threat or danger to go against the approved ways, right? So it comes back again to that developing that trust in yourself that you just mm-hmm. start with these basic premises that okay. Like whatever your belief system is, there's something more than your mind and your body, right? There's something that's animating your life, how, whatever your belief is. And that, that is a good thing, right? It's not, it doesn't have any ill intent. It's not out to like screw up your life. You have to start with this basic trust and basic belief in that. And when the, the, uh, these negating inner voices when you you'll notice them because you'll feel resistance or um, pain or Mm -hmm. both, right? You'll feel emotional pain or some kind of resistance, shutting down, procrastination, avoidance, numbing out, whatever you're doing, you know, that that negating voice is operating when any of that is going on. So, what I've been doing is just really sort of deconstructing it again, applying awareness to my own consciousness and really exploring, okay, why do I think that? Is that really true? Like I've been doing a lot of work to shift the negating beliefs about being able to create the kind of creative career that I want and the scope of and scale of work that I want. And it's just, sometimes we just have to confront it. Like you just have to call a spade a spade, right? Like, why do I even think that? That It's not intrinsically true. It's not like, you know, gravity or something, right? It's sort of a made up story. Yeah. Well, it sounds like I heard you say about being a dancer when you were younger. And I heard you say like, oh, can I... May actually make a living doing this? Am I going to, you know, be able to do it to the level and the, the world class caliber that I wish to, to, you know, be at? And and it sounds like that you 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 let that voice kind of push you down a little bit then, and so now you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to listen to that voice anymore. Yeah, it was <clears throat> totally like I wasn't fully conscious of it at that point, mm-hmm. uh, but. I mean, it completely sabotaged my creative career. Mm. And um, I've totally healed that one. Like, (laughs) I have no doubts about my creative ability at all anymore. I've just had too many experiences of when I have a creative vision, like, it's actually possible. I can do it. Yeah. The first really big healing to that, and and this was an incredible experience, um, 
I would love to take people through this. I did this intuitive art and writing class as one of the first things I did on my creative sabbatical. And the very first um, class, the teacher had stacks of manila um, folders full of all these magazine images of art and other things like that. And we did this time exercise where you had to just flip through and just pull out any images that you felt an emotional response to, like really quick. You couldn't analyze it or think about it. And so we had, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes to do that. And then then she, we did another timed exercise with the, whatever we pulled out. You had five minutes to sort of edit it down and shape it into a pleasing composition on the table in front of you. And then we went around the room and we looked at everybody's sort of composition of what they had put together. And I was like near the end. So by the time we had gotten all the way around the room, I had seen most people's palettes and I could look at everybody's palette and I go, wow, you know, that's really cool. That's really beautiful. Zero interest in making that, right? Like I could admire, I could appreciate it, but I didn't, none of them did I want to make. And then we got to mine and I looked at it and I was like, oh, yes, this is what I like. <laughs> you know, it was like all this like really rich, vibrant, sensual, organic imagery. And I was like, oh, that's my aesthetic. Yeah. So your personal aesthetic is actually an expression of your soul energy. Yes, yes, it's yes, yes. Who you are. And I, that, it just changed everything. And within a few months, I had made the first one of these, um, at that point, I was calling them like soul portraits of, of a woman's feminine essence. I had a guidance in the meditation to see if I could materialize a woman's feminine essence in an art piece so that she could never forget the power and beauty of her feminine energy. Oh, and, um, and, and once I had done those and, and I achieved my creative goal and the women who received these pieces, they, it was as though they had memorized the ideal script in my mind. They totally felt, oh, yes, that's me and felt so affirmed and so connected with it. So that whole thing of, um, your own personal aesthetic is so unique. It's like as unique as your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. And it's who you are. And you have to love it and value it and honor it and appreciate it. I agree. And I love pulling colors. And I really think they're medicinal. Like, you know, certain things make you feel a certain way, like you said, you know, and I love like pulling that forward in my life. And I know that it's been very healing to say yes to it and surround myself with my essence, you know, through art and through color and through sound and through humans. Yeah. So, oh, which brings me back around to that point of, you know, in every tradition, there's like some kind of like talismanic object or something that you mm -hmm. can do, you know, even in, in religion, it's like you have a symbol, you have some kind of object that helps to focus yeah. And concentrate your attention. Yeah. And right? Yeah. And you're making them for people their own. Like that's, I love this. This is like, and uh, the shamanic component of it. I could talk to you for like 10 hours on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, everything, you know, 
is all about frequency and vibration. Yes. Right? Like quantum field. Like what what is making things take form? And it's it's our our thought and our emotional energy is what's creating it all. Right. And do you think emotion comes before thought or after thought? Wow. This is a very, very interesting question. I used to think that it was the thoughts that were creating the emotions. And now I think, I mean, they definitely go together, but I think now it's more the emotional tone is producing the thoughts. And then can you train your thoughts if, you, if you're in emotional states that are unpleasing or uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the challenge of becoming a conscious creator. Um, I mean, there's so much to it. And I've been like, I've just really upped the ante recently about this. So, so there are a couple of things around that. One is really grabbing hold of the moment point. because. That's the only time that exists Yeah, is right now. You can't act five minutes from now or five minutes ago. You can only do it in this moment. So in this moment, if you're projecting, oh, you know, it's not going to work out or I don't have enough money or da, 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 da. What's the whole feeling tone of that? That is what you're creating in this moment. And then, you're going to start experiencing that in your so-called future moments. So that's one part of it. The, the, the other part, like, again, I've been really becoming more and more aware of challenging the, and calling out the negating constructs and thoughts and the feelings. And we can always tell they're running because of the emotions. Like that's the instant way to know what are you really running? How are you feeling? That's what you're running. Right. Whew. This is another good episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so much to like, it's kind of very simple, but also extremely like complex in a way, like how to grab hold of that. And it takes a lot of um, choice. It does take a lot of choice and it takes a, a, a discipline and a commitment to practicing and training yourself for being in the now. Like it, it's yeah. super, it, it's super simple concept. Like, yeah, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, sure. That's true. And do we operate that way all day? I mean, how many moments during the day? I don't even want to venture minutes. I meditate. And even in my meditation, I've, I'm often, yeah, come in and out, in and out. But you yeah. know what? It's like, here's how I think about it. Because otherwise, then we're back into self-judgment. And there goes our <laughs> negating critic again, which never gets us really anything positive. Is It's like, um, if you ever work out at the gym or do any kind of body training, right? Yeah. So you re-engage the muscles, you re-engage. It's like, okay, you forgot to breathe. You stop breathing and you, all right, just start breathing again. Like we don't have to make a whole story about it. So yeah. every time you re-engage, you're building strength. That's right. Right? You get in muscle memory in, in different forms. Of hey, you trained yourself into the negation pattern. You can train yourself out of it. Right. 
I love it. It's the same thing. You kept doing it and you kept building on it. You kept focusing in that way. Um, you know, and it's, it's like, I, this is again, why I like to have a big toolbox because some days it's like, I can't reach for that handle. It's out of reach. I can't turn my state out of this mode. Um, but that power of choice, cause that is really, it's really the driver for all of this because the nature of human consciousness, I think consciousness in general is free will. We have to be able to create whatever, right? So your inner being or your higher self or your angels or guides, however you think about it, are not going to do an override. Otherwise you would have no free will. You'd have no power of choice. So it's really that, okay, well, what are you choosing right now? Yeah. I love this. And we do have the power of choice. It's a matter of exercising it. <laughs> well, again, are we exercising it on purpose? Well, yeah, with or intention. Yeah. And with intention, you know, and mindfulness around that exercise, not just I'm just doing the thing. So I think this is magic. So, okay, let's talk about, we're going to, the song of the week. You gave me two songs and I love <laughs> <laughs> one of them really resonated with me. Which one? Um, the one, the, the no man can put his... Yeah, let's yeah, use that one. No man is big enough for my arms. And so uh, can you pronounce the name of the artist? Because Ibei... You know, I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-E-I-B-
Awesome. Right? So I had this playing. And um, when you asked about a song, I was just thinking of these themes of like creativity and feminine energy and feminine empowerment. And I, and I just looked through that playlist and I was like, oh, this is a really good inspiring song because I think it's the kind of um, like the message is basically, you know, stand for your own worth and value and don't let anyone or anything undermine your intrinsic value and worth and lovability. And as part of the theme about going for your dreams or your dreams or desires, right? Because in my, in my reality system from the kind of deep mentoring attunement process I've done since like 1986, what I learned is that our deepest heartfelt desires are actually the emanation of the intent of our souls, our inner beings, when it reaches our conscious awareness. Mm. And we always feel it like in your heart center, right? Heart. And for us, like it could be heart and womb. If our womb was awakened, we would feel it coming together, like kind of integrated from both of them, this desire for something to be born in the world. And And yeah, no, no, you did something. I I remember one of your posts was about the womb. Was it womb resonance? What was the Uh, womb to womb resonance? Womb to womb. Like I can't say that. Womb to womb resonance. Because say it fast three times. Womb to womb resonance. Womb to womb resonance. Womb to womb resonance. Yes. Like that was so cool. I'm like, okay, let's dive into that for a couple minutes here. Like that sounds just the like wow wow just can you explain what that is yeah so I like many of the things that I uh, teach or share or express in my artwork I came upon this through direct experience and direct perception from all those years of working with women in my medical practice around women's health issues Mm -hmm. and what I discovered was that when we really connect with the energetic and creative qualities and properties and functions of our womb, that if our wombs like talk to each other, they kind of have their own energetic dialogue, you know, and, and we can even see this in a, in a sort of biochemical way where oftentimes women living together, their periods will cite, uh, Mm-hmm. Right. So this was something I learned in the treatment room when I was trying to um, activate and bring healing to women, like whatever their issue was, infertility or fibroids or menopause problems or period problems, whatever. And then I started developing practices for it to teach in workshops around uh, women's health and how to balance your cycles and, you know, all of that kind of thing. So it just grew from there more and more and more. And what I discovered is that, like, for example, I mean, we're actually having it now. We're not even in the same space. <laughs> are, are you resonating with my womb? Yeah, it just like, it just starts this kind of, um, it's like they come into a collective field together, right? Because right. Our wombs are these cauldrons of creativities and these always open doorways to non-physical inner reality. And you never know, right? Like 
theoretically, it's, it's full of potentiality. Anybody could come through. You could bring forth another genius. And even if you've had a hysterectomy, the energetic functions are still there and intact and can be reactivated and awakened again. Wow. Okay. This sounds so much fun. I want to dive deeper in this in another episode because I really do, for me, sexuality and my body and the energy of, of the ability to birth a child, it's tapping into that is so powerful for moving forward and manifesting things on this world. Like I use, we'll, we'll talk about it in another episode, but I have some interesting practices. <laughs> yeah. So in that desire and creation workshop, because it was really designed for women and how the feminine operating system works, I taught them this process. It's very simple. It's just, again, we're using attention and awareness to activate energy and connection. And are you doing any more of these workshops in the near future? You know, I haven't planned it because I, I, I am not really teaching very actively these days. But um, again, somebody is interested. I respond if I'm inspired. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I mean, I love actually doing it. I love to turn people on to their own creative, intuitive power and, and get them out of their heads and connected with more of who they truly are. That's so fun. And you're in Los Angeles. So I'm in Los do, Angeles. Yeah. Would you do them in LA or would you come to Boulder and do one? Well, I, I've been feeling a, a trip to Boulder brewing <laughs> because uh, when I met you, okay, so this is how, right. When you really are following creative and intuitive impulses, this is how things happen within a 48 hour period. I met like one, two, about four to six people from Boulder wow. who were all awesome, super high quality people. And I was like, oh, I guess I need to come to Boulder. We need to do something. So it just hasn't fully um, uh, materialized yet because right, there are all these different shifting probabilities in the field. But uh, I would love to come to Boulder. All right, good. Well, it uh, sounds like the seeds are <laughs> going into the ground here in Boulder for you to come. This would be so fun to do a little workshop together. I would love it. And yeah. support you and your beautiful work. Music, creative play, intuitive process. All right, people, are you listening? <laughs> something's happening here. With a, with a little fun and sexiness thrown in. No, no, no. We don't want any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all body-based, yes. right? We start out by doing body practices. Get into your body. Get into your pelvis. Open it all up. I love it. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So Michaela, so we had talked about a little experiment and you'd mentioned it earlier in the podcast for everybody to do like paying attention, maybe a notebook or maybe something in their phone, like when they're getting some intuitive hits. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, and, and you know what, you know how I came up with this exercise? I don't let, uh, let's hear it. As, as so often it's inspired by someone who I love or I'm working with and they have a need and then it'll come through me. So it's actually for my son who oh, cool. has big problems with procrastination because Ooh. of a heavy duty perfectionist. Oh yes. Yes. Inside. Yes. And so I said to him, okay, look, you're getting intuitive guidance and nudges all the time and you're overriding it 
because mm-hmm. you start to think about it and then you have to defend and prove and justify why you would do it or if it's a good thing to do or whatever, right? So I begged him, I said, just do this exercise. So you can, and you know, he's young, he's a millennial, right? So obviously he was going to use his phone. So just put in your notes app. Every time you get a little intuitive nudge or an impulse, or it's almost like a stray thought, it's not in the current stream of what you were thinking about at that moment, right? So that's how you can tell. They're like outside of the norm, mm-hmm. or some of them, if they're stronger, will have that body sense of inner knowing. So I said to him, just please, I, I begged him, I said, like, just even do it for two days. Because <laughs> that's like a week, that would have been too much. He wouldn't have done it. He would have procrastinated, but he could... <laughs> I could, he could agree to do it for two days. And then of course, once he did it for two days, then he extended it because it, what it did for him and this, it'll do this for everyone. Cause I've, once I came up with this, I started sharing it. Right. Is that it starts to, um, clear the communication channel between your inner awareness and your Mm -hmm. outer awareness. And it gets that loop, that circuit open. And when you start to do it like on a daily basis for a few days, you begin to see the evidence of it and the, the shape of it. So it helps to build trust. Even I didn't say to him, he had to act on them all. You don't have to act on them all, but you have to be consciously aware of them all. Yeah, that's the thing, developing this awareness. This is so cool. So I love hearing that he, and so does he have a stronger muscle now? He does. He does, definitely. He said like, and he's been um, following it more and using it more. So then the advanced version is act on it in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, act on something. Oh, I love it. It's Um, so freeing. Especially if you act on it in the moment with like, you don't know what it's going to lead to. I cannot tell you the results I'm getting from doing that. It's actually, because I've upped the ante too. So we can always up the ante, right? Start, start with something simple. Just become aware. Just jot it down. Then you want to up the ante, start acting on it. And then you really want to up the ante, act on it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love this beginner, intermediate, advanced versions of of this pro of this experiment. This is fun. I'm going to do all of them with you. So, yay! <laughs> and um, I'm realizing, you know what? I'm going to do the experiment too. And okay, good. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, because you know, with smartphones, you can just even record it. You don't even have to type it. You just do had a thought of so-and-so and And how many times have, have you had a thought of somebody and then within 24 hours, they call you totally like all the time. Like (laughs) that's yeah. It's like, you just tune into them tuning into you. And and then all of a sudden one of you reaches out or you run into each other on the street or something. It's all these cool things happen. I love that. I love the idea of recording it too, because I obviously like to talk. So Um. (laughs) (laughs) well to me it's like faster I could just yeah no I think it's great and I love to record button and it'll and it'll jot it down as a note right because if you do that at least 
Yeah, I think all smartphones have that. Like, yeah, like voice to text you can do, or you can just do what, yeah, it's so cool. Okay, I'm going to geek out and do this. So when we, okay, so when we, when we broadcast this, when we publish this, do you want to do the experiment? Will you be my buddy during the week? Absolutely. Oh, this is going to be fun. I love it. Okay, Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and other little things like this, uh, here's another one that I'm doing is every time the phone rings, I just take a moment as like, all right, who's calling? Oh, fun. So you're right? sharpening so the like little here. Things like this, they're actually really fun. And then every time that you're right, you get a dopamine boost and you build that neural network. Yeah. And that trust. And you like, overwrite all yeah. the undermining programming. Oh, I like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yay. Oh, I'm getting turned on by that. Right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Think about it like that. You're right. You're building new neural networks. You are. It's so cool. And, and overwrite that, that crappy programming. Yeah. That doesn't serve us and it doesn't serve our big dream and our big mission on this, this earth as us in this moment. Yeah. There was a book, uh, I'm trying to remember it. It was somebody who worked with, uh, like the dead and dying. And she did this book about like the lessons from all the people who were dying, like, and they mm. were very simple. And one of the key lessons was they never regretted um, they only regretted what they didn't do, right. not what they did do, especially with um, following their creative energy or spending time with people they loved, things like that. So it's kind of like that thing is like, you know, you won't regret following your intuition. You only regret when you don't. Ooh, that's a good a good one to, to wrap up on. It's so true. And, and you don't regret creative expression only no. when you don't. Yeah. It's like when you let that song die inside of you, like, uh, don't let, that, don't let uh, the music die inside. <laughs> don't do that. That music wants to come out. So let it, let it out. Um, I love that you're doing this. This is so cool that you're doing this. And by the way, to all the listeners, when when I met Valerie at this event, like her energy was just so bright and vibrant and sparkling <laughs> and alive. And that's really, I think, what connected us is like we were both kind of having this like vibrant, alive, sparkly, creative energy. We're like, whoa, you shake glitter, I shake glitter too. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, we're gonna be besties. <laughs> oh yeah, this is an ex- I don't curse a ton, but I definitely curse in the podcast. So it's you know it's okay. <laughs> um so okay, Michaela, where can everybody find you and your gor- glorious work and stay connected to all the magic that you share on this planet? So the easiest thing is just come to my website, which the only tricky thing about my website is that Michaela is Russian spelling. So you actually have to spell it correctly. So it's just MichaelaStetler.com. And Michaela is M-I-K-H-A-I-L-A, like Mikhail Barishnikov, Mikhail Ooh. Gorbachev, and just add an A at the end. And you can see my art and writing and, um, and links to social media. I'm not super active on social media. The only platform I truly enjoy is Instagram. As um, an artist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do a little bit on Facebook and, and a little bit on LinkedIn, but Instagram's my jam. 
Instagram. If I had a jam. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave all the links in the show notes for everybody. And um, this is going to be such a great experiment to do with you. And I'm excited to... I'm excited to hear the listeners. I'm so excited to hear the love tribe, how you guys do with the experiment and how your life, like little magical things that are going to pop up because we're, we're tuning in. And, you know, if we're doing the intermediate and advanced versions (laughs) (laughs) and taking the action, this is going to be, I think it's going to be game changers for people, especially, you know, no matter where we are on our, our path of listening to those, those wise voices within our intuition, like we can always refine it and level up a little bit, just like you said, you've been doing recently. And so there's always room to level up, level up, level up and elevate. Well, you know, life is all about growth. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, taking hold of the reins and really going for it. Like, so where I was even a year ago, even six months ago is not where I'm at now. And I'm not going to make it wrong. I have to come to peace with wherever I was and just keep growing because right now is the only moment that I'm alive in. Yes, it is sister. (laughs) And I love hearing, you know, just that you weren't this, you know, you weren't where you were six months ago. Well, of course we weren't, you know, we know that logically, but it's like, and we know in six months from now, it's going to be a whole new set of something in our lives. And, and, and knowing that, for people who are struggling and people who are suffering and people who feel like, Oh my God, is this, am I ever going to get out of this hard spot or this dark spot? Like you will, if you say yes to that, if you say yes to your future. And so I always want people to understand that like, you know, we all go through these hard times and sometimes they last a little longer, but there's hope and there's a way out and hanging around with people like Michaela and I will help. (laughs) Yeah. That's, you know, that's really what we can do for each other as human beings is, is, you know, model and share our process and, and see the truth in each other and really give that recognition and appreciation. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, Michaela. And this is I so fun. Too. <laughs> I'm so happy that we, you keep getting the little, the little shiny thing that's coming through. I love it. But like we're doing a zoom call right now and I can see these magical rays <laughs> that aren't like the normal ones that you get in a glare on your camera. So something she's doing magic over there. I can tell. Um, but I'm so grateful that you've spent all this time with us and, and the love tribe and the dream jackies of the world who are, using their creative powers to make a big difference on this planet. And it's great mentors and teachers like you who are helping shine the way for all of us. So thank you so much. Thank you, Valerie. It's been so fun. Yay. All right. Okay. How about we inhale and we'll close it out. All right. Love tribe. Let's inhale together. (sighs) Yay. All right. Peace, love, and aloha. And everything will be in the show notes at djvaleriebelove.com. Yahoo. Be love, be love, be love. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, sister. All right, dream jockeys. So for this week's seven-day Rock Your Dreams experiment, you can get your free dream sheet download at djvaleriebelove.com forward slash 011 intuition. So grab your dream sheet, print it out, grab a buddy. We're going to have so much fun this week and we are going to learn about tuning into our intuition so that we can improve 
our creative abilities and create massive impact on this gorgeous planet. Aloha. Thanks again for listening to this awesome Big Dream School podcast. If you received any benefit and you like it, it would mean the world to me if you could please take a moment to send us a review on iTunes and subscribe. It will help us get this message and these tools out there to all of the big dreamers like you. Thank you again and many, many blessings to you in your day. Aloha.